You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject I have coming up for you is Scott Carstairs from the San Franciscan outfit Fallujah. The reason for the conversation is to promote Fallujah's new album, which will be released on the 15th of March through Nuclear Blast. It's called Undying Light. So let's have a listen to what Scotty has to say. Here we go. I really appreciate this, man, and I, and I apologise. I mean, I've had so many... I've got, I've got to drop my kids off at school, you see, but we've had so many phoners this week. It's been incredible. Um, just before you, I spoke to the guys in In Flames. Um, and and uh, who was on the phone to last night? Um, who was on the Children of Bottom? Henker from Children of Bottom, man. So all you guys at Nuclear Blast have just got so many great albums coming out at the moment. <laughs> yes, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. heard about them in Flames. But it was pretty cool. Yeah, oh, look, it's to, to be completely frank with you, man, I'm not that big in it. I certainly don't like them as much as I like you guys, I'll say that. And I'm an old fan, I must confess, like I'm in my 40s. So, And um, it was one of those interesting conversations, and I, and I hope if um, Anders ever listens to this, because I'm intending on releasing this as part of my podcast series, if that's cool, but um, I, I asked him a question like, you know, obviously you've got two sets of fans with In Flames. You know, he's got the older ones like me, and then he's got the newer ones who got into the band about 2005 or so. And um, yeah. he, he sort of shot the question down a little bit, to be honest, man. <laughs> I thought, oh, shit. Um, I think he's so used to being asked about the change in the band's sound. And he actually even took me to task on saying that the band had made a decision to change their sound, that it had just happened naturally. And I don't know about that. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not being cynical or anything like that, but I think that they made a decision somewhere along the line to appeal to more people. And they're still playing extreme music, but you know, what they're doing is far more accessible, I think, to most rock and roll fans than what they were doing beforehand. Yeah, for sure. Or maybe they just, you know Yeah, they could have been a more conscious thing to that to reach a wider audience, but for sure as you get older you start to think about I don't know, different things that you want to express in your music. And maybe they felt they didn't want to be stuck doing the same album over and over again. Hmm. Yeah, and the, no, no dramas either. I, I was one of the few that quite liked what Suicide Silence did on the album that they released in 2017, the self-titled one, when they brought in Ross Robinson. And um, oh, yeah. I can't remember the name of the bassist, but I had a chat to him when the album was released. And, man, I don't think that they were ready for the for the flack that they were going to cop because I thought it was a pretty bloody good heavy metal album, all things considered. It just reminded me a bit more of a band like Refused than than, yeah, than a lot of their previous sure. stuff. You know, and I, I didn't... You know, I mean, God, you guys know all about it, mate. You've, you've been around long enough to know that you've got fans that sort of enter in at certain episodes through your career and they expect the band to sound exactly the same all the way through. Yeah, for sure. You know. Especially when you're a, a band that's kind of known for experimenting and push, pushing the sound to the next level. People are always asking, what's the next album going to sound like? Because they went from this to this on the last albums and they're going to go from this to this, you know. So it's constantly, you know, a motivation to, to step up your, uh, hmm. you know, step up the sound and take it on a journey to the next step. Hmm. Yeah, I look, I really do. And I meant what I said earlier. I reckon you guys and Currents and um, Amur. Now, Amur have been around a bit longer, but, you know, they've changed since Josh Travis have gotten to the band and they've, they've really stepped it up, those guys. But you guys and Currents, I reckon, are, are about my two new favourite bands. Um, and I had That's a, awesome. Well, I had a chat to Alex, Alex Hoffman, your, your previous vocalist, um, when um, Dreamless 
was released, and I really like Dreamless Man, but I actually think you've you've upped it. I think you've bettered it with Undying Light, and and particular. Oh. Yeah, I, I do, man, and, and there's a reason behind that because I rate you as an exceptional guitarist. Um, listening to your licks, and the thing that I really like about what you guys are doing is you mix the guitar, though you know the shredding that you're doing, the neoclassical stuff. Yes. Well, what I call the neoclassical stuff, but it's it's beautiful, very melodic. You clearly understand scales. You're not just riffing and pulling out pulling it out of your ass, but you've mixed yeah, it sure. just beneath the dominant rhythmic aspects of the song. Do you understand what I'm saying? And from yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so that way it's just in the background, but it's it's coloring it so beautifully. It's a bit like you guys are one of the few bands in hard rock and heavy metal that really know how to paint a picture with your music. For sure, yeah, man. I'm glad you've got that picture because that's definitely the kind of uh, motivation we have when we're, we're writing songs. It's like everything is kind of playing off of each other, whether it's, you know, the progressions we pick, you know, and what those progressions make us feel. And then, you know, we think about what those progressions make us feel. So we put a message to that, you know, through the lyrics, the kind of emotions we're feeling. And then we kind of try to paint the picture through metaphor. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, if we have, uh, if we're telling something through the metaphor of like the ocean and and light through water, we try to think of tones on our guitars and parts that would kind of like be the soundtrack to that kind of sound. You know what I mean? So everything's mm. kind of playing off of each other to kind of give off kind of a, you know, a trance-like, you know, experience. Yeah, yeah. And you, I've sort of, I mentioned it already about your neo, what I term as neoclassical guitar playing, but a lot, at the moment, bands are so concerned with breaking the sound barrier, okay? So as somebody who grew up with old school black metal like Immortal, to be honest, man, I've heard it all before. And I, I love bands like Rings of Satin and um, what's the Australian band called? Die Art is Murder, you know? And they, those guys are pretty, yep. they've got a bit more of a rhythmic thing, but the R Rings of Satin, of course, are just breaking the sound barrier every, every single bloody song that is... That they've almost got is just so fast, and the different the point of yeah. difference that I think you bring is that you're keeping it song based, and I, and I, I yeah. think you're about one of the only lead guitarists that can play at the level that you can, that is focusing on the mel the melodic aspect as much as making it sound really cool. Does it? I hope that resonates. Oh no, definitely. I mean, that's the music comes first, not really like showing off to the audience. Really, which, you know, some bands are driven by that, by like the uh, impressiveness of their music. You know what I mean? Like how fast mm. the drums are or the technicality of the song where really it's always been about the music and how the music makes you feel. And yeah, and I mean, I love to jam fusion stuff and neoclassical stuff. Mm. But when I'm writing music, I'm trying to kind of paint a picture and kind of put a vibe out there. And sometimes putting super intricate guitar work throughout the whole song could actually take away from like your ability to like take the listener on a journey. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta put stuff that has a lot of breathing room and there's a lot of space if you want to convey intensity in the following part. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of tension and release and sometimes that you have to save the really technical stuff from when you're really building the, t the tension, you know what I mean? Or you want to be on a, on the climax of the, the, the song if you do that the entire time it doesn't really there's not really uh there's no peaks and valleys in the listening yeah. experience 
I, I, I use that term a lot, actually, peaks and valleys. And I think music needs it. And, you know, I reference old, older bands, legacy acts like Faith No More, who knew how to do that so well. And you guys have got aspects of that through your music. You know, so it, it's, it's interesting for, for me to hear a, a relatively new band like you guys incorporate so many so much elements and make it work make it work so you've got this you meant you've got this almost classic rock influences there as well would that would that resonate would that hold as a truth for you as well for yeah no for sure i mean definitely uh listen to records through all the decades i think with this album we got a lot of uh inspiration from a lot of like 90s bands and the kind of like more grungier Mm. kind of alternative rock kind of sound you know we're also into you know typo negative and deftones and the tools or sorry the tools tool <laughs> the tools i know what you mean that'd be a sick that'd be a sick cover band the tools <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah but you know what i mean like these kind of bands that rely more so on on tone and vibe and mood rather than being really impressive hmm. and yeah the whole the whole having a lots of elements in our music that's something that we for this new album we were trying to like really get the hang of and get honed in on is how to take the elements that are in the band. You know what I mean? Not outside elements, not outside musicians. Cause like other albums we've had like female singers and guest guitar players and other guests like male vocals. And for this album, we just wanted everybody that's in the band to be a part of the unit. You know what I mean? And every voice you hear and every sound you hear is from the band and only the band, just kind of a representation of, of the band and not like, you know, because I think when you're younger, you're trying to explore all these different elements, like what could push the music in a new level. And I think we were more so just focusing on the sound we have and trying to play it in the best version that we have just from the members that are in the band. Hmm. Talking about the members that are, that are in the band. Okay, so Alex um, was your vocalist pretty much from the inception of the outfit, as, as far as I can read, find out on the internet, yep. certainly. Um, how come he left? What was, uh, what, were the, what was the reason for the change in vocalist? Um, I think, you know, when you we're getting to be about 27 now and this is our fourth record and I think you could start to see the path ahead of you, you know, mm. what that entails, the goals that you want to uh, achieve, you know what I mean, with the band and what you want to do with music. And I think uh, to do this kind of music, you know, you got to fully commit yourself like to it, like creatively and, you know, all the tours that come with it. And there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. You got to have a really strong passion mm. for this and, I, you know. I think he had gotten to a point and seen enough things where he didn't think he could be committed to it to the level that we uh, required. So, you know, he went to his next, the next part of his journey. That's fair <laughs> and, enough. You know, the, yeah. the people that remain in the band have like a, you know, really strong passion for writing and performing music. You know, we get like a, a deep satisfaction from going around and touring and sharing this music with people and, so, you know, this kind of, this music is, this new album is kind of a testament to that. Hmm. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That, that might be that vitality that's coming across. Not that your uh, your previous album, Dreamless, wasn't vital. I thought it was a very cohesive and, and a vital album. But yeah, I, I just feel like you've become more Fallujah on Undying Light. And I've, I've only had a couple of listens to it, but it's usually enough when, you've, when you're used to listening to music and reviewing and talking to artists that you get a feel for these sorts of things. So I think the future looks really bright for you guys, man. That's cool to hear, man. Yeah, hopefully people just uh, get what we're we're putting down, you know. Mm. Mate, you, you can't do any more than that, really. You've clearly got the talent. Um, you've got a, a, a cast around you that you're obviously rowing in the same direction. So, Antonio, whereabouts did you find him? 
Tonio, uh, you know, we've known for many years. He's been in bands uh, in the Bay Area while we've been in bands. You know, we've shared bands. I've probably known him for, yeah, the last 10 years. And uh, yeah, he's someone we've always played with. He's someone who's always, like, been over at my house when I'm writing music. We've worked together. He showed me his music while he's working on it. You know, I show him mine. And always ask for advice. You know, he's like a really talented musician. So when, uh, and he has his own band. It's called Underling. He's already released two records of that where he writes and records everything, gets a producer to kind of help him put it all together. Mm. And uh, when it came time to look for a new vocalist, you know, we tried out, you know, an assortment of people, different styles and vocal ranges. And he was one of the people we tried out. And when we heard his demo, it just sounded so good. And so for the record and exactly the kind of emotion we're trying to put out with our music. And it just, you know, from the moment I heard it, like I knew this was something special and we just kind of kept putting him through the trials. You know what I mean? You know, mm, yeah, <laughs> just, you know, you gotta do it. we just had to keep, yeah, keep trying them out. We tried, had him do different kinds of voices. And meanwhile, you know, we're trying a bunch of other people out and seeing what they can do. And every yeah. time we would push him, you know, he would do something even better. And by the end of like a couple months process, you know, his performance was, was insane and completely catered to the record and how the record should come out. And, you know, once, once we, uh, uh, you know, decided to go with him, we started writing together. Everything was going really smoothly. Mm-hmm. came up with some really awesome patterns and we got all the lyrics squared away and we finally got into the studio his performance was just like really awesome to watch you know what i mean everybody it's like it was one of those things where you watch a, a musician and see how far they've come because yeah. you know you've known him for so long and it was like he was really putting something down that was like really artistic and really awesome to watch and i think the whole room was like really excited it was one of those moments it wasn't one of those it wasn't one of those moments where you you finish recording and you're like, well, we, we nailed it. And I, I wonder how that'll come out. It's one of those things. As soon as you heard it, you're like, man, this is sick. This is exactly how we want it to sound. Like so we're all nice. excited, including, including Mark Lewis. So yeah, from, yeah, it's just been a really awesome time, really being able to work with him. That's fantastic. But yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's always fuck. It's tough changing vocalists, isn't it? Especially because fans tend to bond with the vocalist. I mean, you, I know you're at the center of the band and, and you're writing the music, but fans, from a fan's perspective, they don't. a lot of the garden variety fans don't bother to investigate further than who's sitting center, standing center stage. And that's, of course, the vocalist usually. So, um, mate, it's, it's good if, if you're confident and you've got the chops to back it up and you've certainly got the album to back it up, man. As I say, man, the future future looks bright for you. So, um, and, and here's another, here's a question for you because I was talking to one of your label mates um, Man, I can't remember his name. Awesome guy, but the bass player in Fifth Angel a couple of months back. Oh, yeah. Now, I mentioned to them, um, they're considered a legacy act, of course, because they're from the 80s. That's when their last album was, I think, or early 90s, one of the two. But they haven't been around for a very long time. And they're gents in their 50s or thereabouts these days. And I suggested to them, I don't think I name-checked you guys specifically, but I certainly had yourself, Currents, and even Volumes in mind. I said... It would actually be better for them to be touring with younger bands like you guys and expose their music to a younger audience rather than getting on all of these traditional heavy metal festivals that occur all the way through throughout Europe. You know, the ones that I'm talking about. I can't name check them now. Yeah, yeah, you know, of course. With Full Force yeah, or whatever they're called. Yeah. What do, what do you think of the philosophy behind that? Would you be keen to tour with 
with a band because you know there's there's the um, new wave of British heavy metal band Satan, who I thought had one of the albums of last year. Guys that are in their fifties and sometimes even sixties. Would you be keen on playing some shows or even doing a sort of like an eight or nine date tour across some of the states in the states with a band like that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it would depend on uh, what's going on. If that's something that would be a great experience for people and be a good show, I'm down for anything that's a good show, you know. And if it's something that people would get excited about, yeah, I'd be totally into something like that. Mm. I think yeah, it'd be cool depends. because there's there's so many bills, especially in Australia. <laughs> We get we get a lot of these. I've just I don't know whether you've seen the announcement, but Metallica and Slipknot are touring with each other. I did hear about that. That sounds crazy. It's it sounds well, epic. It sounds it sounds epic. But one of the things I was thinking, right, was that you've Slipknot have an established fan base. Of course, Metallica, of course, have probably got the most established fan base along with, you know, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Led Zeppelin and Judas Priest. You know, they're one of the big yeah. four or five of heavy metal, but it'd be interesting to see them okay, not that I'd probably want to go and watch this show, so I'm just using this artist here as as the reason for the case in point. But uh, Lady Gaga, for example, it'd be really interesting to see more cross-pollination of genres because I, I'm really feeling as though, especially with the way the fucking Grammys treats rock and heavy metal these days, like as if, as though our great genre is is the red-headed stepchild that shouldn't be, should only be bought out at Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Um so it's it's one of those things where I think I'd like to see more opportunities for bands like you guys to be exposed to a broader audience, but done in a way that's rational. So in no way am I saying that you should be touring with um, Lil Bow Wow or any anything ridiculous like that. But I don't know. <laughs> although that'd be interesting. <laughs> but yeah, man, I would tour with Lady Gaga. That would be super sick. You know, <laughs> Justin Timberlake or something, or some sort of artist that actually has aggressive elements in their music but are in a different genre that can you know you could like you can cross pollinate like in that way yeah of course because yeah it's true like there's not a lot of uh things that are pushing metal into the into like the mainstream and especially now how literally it's just uh seems like less of a hassle to make music electronically like it seems like industry is leaning even further away from like actual instruments being in music it's more just about the vocalist and mm. the producer but yeah no i mean but there's still you could tell it's still a really a big passion for aggressive music and i think there's always going to be that mm. people need to feel all the types of emotion you know and and look another avenue, even these sorry you go mate. Oh, sorry, i was just going to say even these like these mainstream bands like you can see that they are they're borrowing certain elements from aggressive music and they're even borrowing a lot of the aesthetic from aggressive music, yeah, which is totally. really funny. Well, well, you see Kim Kardashian wearing Morbid Angel t-shirts and Cradle of Filth t-shirts these days. It's really interesting to see that. And uh, I think I, I've discussed this actually, I, I might have even discussed this with, with Steve in Morbid Angel when I had a conversation with him, I can't remember, but I remember talking to, to one of the more serious artists about it saying, I think actually it was Abaddon from, from Venom that I was speaking to about it. And I said, you know, there are models now wearing Venom t-shirts and you've got Kim Kardashian wearing Morbid Angel t-shirts. I think in Kim Kardashian's case, I think there's something more to it, meaning I actually do think she does listen to the music occasionally because she's worn some extreme... There's not just Slayer, of course. You know, there's there's been a four or five band t-shirts that she's worn from extreme metal, so there's probably some sort of fan element to it as well. 
I mean, I would hope so. That'd be so cool <laughs> to find out that they actually listen to the music and they're into metal and they're not just uh, wearing it for aesthetic reasons only. I mean, yeah. she's with Kanye West, and I don't know. I think he's actually a pretty amazing producer, and I think if yeah, likewise, yeah, I think he'd be the kind of person that he wouldn't. Uh, you know, just because it's metal, I don't think he wouldn't listen to it. I think he would try to get inspiration from anything he heard. So I'm sure there, there's something more to it. I can't really judge people by, you know, everything that's going on. Man, that'd be super sick. I would love to see them come to a show. <laughs> oh, it'd be, it'd be wicked. I think that expect the, the cut Black Skinhead by Kanye, that's a heavy cut. Dude, that's- so good. And I think he actually, he sampled... Um, he sampled uh, Marilyn Manson's song. Uh, the that's right, People. he did too. Yeah, that's what that link is. I so, don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is heavy because it is influenced by heavy stuff as well. So that's you know, it's funny you say that. Yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, sweet. Hey, uh, I'll make this my last question, but I've, I, I consider you one of one of the. Um, preeminent guitarists of this of this epoch if you like this era particularly within your genre and you've got a relationship i think with kiesel guitarist is that how i pronounce the name there of the um yep yep Ke- uh, kiesel guitars yeah kiesel guitars so I know, i've asked this question of a couple of shredders that are in the genre mate but you, you're all, you're at a level where you could actually do like a g3 style tour you know like what steve lukather vi and satriani do and i know it sounds naff in one respect but not really in another i mean you've got a lot of fans in your audience like me that are musicians because i'm i'm a musician and that's I, I tend to lean into the the musician chops that i hear for with you guys i really love your guitar yeah, playing. Sure. so so have you have you thought about doing some sort of a or exploring the idea of doing a tour like a g3 tour with another very competent guitarist like miles dimitri baker from from uh, I used to be in Rings of Saturn. I know he's out of the band these days, but you know what I'm saying. Josh Travis. That's or... funny. He texted me today, Miles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we're buds. Yeah, he's a shredder. No, I think that'd be awesome. I mean, there's there's a lot of enthusiasm of, around guitar still. You know what I mean? Especially being a part of this company, Kiesel, and being a part of that, you know, that whole culture of what's going on and watching everybody. There's still like a, a huge audience for that for just guitar music. Hmm. You know what I mean? I mean. Music like uh, Animals as Leaders, you know, I think oh, that yeah, proved God. to a lot of people that people have a lot of passion for just instrumental music. I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, no, I think that'd be cool to either to either put together. I've I've always thought it'd be a cool idea to put together an album with a bunch of guitar players and musicians that I've met over the years. You know what I mean? Something that hmm. has a vision that we all work to go towards together, and we put something together, and that could be the tour. You know, what I mean, you bring about musicians to play the parts. You know, and you play each other's music. And yeah, that'd be a cool sick. show. Yeah, that'd be really yeah. sick. Yeah, I'd, yeah, and and look, honestly, the other thing too is the older you get, and, and and take this as an almost as a given, the older you get, the less opportunity you have because of life commitments. You know, you get married, you have kids, you get a mortgage. You know, all the usual stuff that comes on, and yeah, li- for sure. life just seems to go so quickly. And and man, I remember when I was, I'm in my forties now, as I said earlier, and I remember when I was in my twenties, and it feels like it was yesterday. My 30s just yeah. went by in a blink of an eye. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, man, with That's the t- scary. <laughs> well, man, with the talent you've got, do it, man. Do it. Get out there and, and, and give as much of yourself as you possibly can now whilst you've got the energy and you've got such creative, you know, you're very creative. You're a very creative guitarist, man. So just I'd encourage you to do that, man, outside of even the Fallujah, what you're doing with Fallujah. 
Cool, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. I plan on it. I mean, just had a lot, lot to do this last couple of years, and I think I'm at a point where I can start putting together some other stuff. Sweet. Yeah. Actually, I'll make this my final question. Australia, I know you've toured down here a couple of years, or more than a couple of years, but it's about five years ago, I think, with uh, Killswitch Engage. But do you think yeah. you'll be coming down here anytime soon again? Is that on your radar? Yes, we're trying to set it up right now. I don't have anything I can announce, but uh, we've set up. We had a tour almost set up, and then uh, we had some scheduling problems, so we're trying to to schedule it for uh, either the next couple months or next year. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a big part of what we're trying to do on this tour. Sweet. So yeah, I can't wait to get back. Honestly, I had such a great time the last time I toured Australia. It was a really good time. Yeah, it'd be wicked to see you guys down here. Um, actually, I didn't. Didn't um, I was, I wasn't doing what I was doing now back then. I was. I've only really sort of reconnected with the the heavy met, broader heavy metal music scene in the last sort of two or three years through this indie journalism pursuit that I've got. But uh, I uh, wasn't. Yeah, uh, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's wonderful to reconnect with it, man. And because I was out of the scene for so long, I play tend to play jazz and pop and funk covers in the band that I'm in because I play in a covers band, but. I was able to reconnect with heavy music and all of you guys that are coming through creating such wonderful music. You know, already, but, but you in particular, mate, as a guitarist, it's just so thrilling for me to hear guitarists like you spend the, the hours that you've clearly dedicated to your craft and doing it with the greatest of respect so young. Um, you, you're at yeah, a, man. And you've got such a wonderful career to look forward to ahead of you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, dude. The encouragement. I hope you enjoy the music too, man. I oh, do, yeah. Man. Yeah, it's wonderful music put, you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah, put the heart and soul into it, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right, good on you, mate. Really appreciate the chat and sorry that I was a bit tardy there, but uh, I was looking forward to this conversation. I didn't want to miss out. So thank you very much. Yeah, man, I appreciate you being able to uh, reschedule it. And, yeah, looking forward to uh, reading this if I can. No worries. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, um, well, I'll, I'll send it. When I posted it, mate, I'll send it to you on the Skype link. Cool, man. Sweet. No worries. All right, man. All right, brother. You have a good one, dude. For all the best to you, mate. No worries at all. Catch ya. All right. I'll see you when I'm in Australia. Later, bro. Absolutely, mate. Let's have a beer. <laughs> all right. Later. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and that interview subject was Scott Castares from the outfit Volusia. Thank you so much for listening.